Hey everybody, welcome to Encuentro. Today is the uh, first Friday of the month, the first Friday of September. Let's begin with a prayer of St. Francis. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, make me a means of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, let me bring joy. Divine Master, grant that I may seek not so much to be consoled, but to console. Not so much to be understood, but to understand. Not so much to be loved, but to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in forgiving that we are forgiven. And it is in dying to ourselves that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Our gospel reading for today is taken from Luke uh, chapter 5, verses 33 to 39. The scribes and the Pharisees said to Jesus, The disciples of John the Baptist fast and often and, and offer prayers. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours eat and drink. Jesus answered them, Can you make the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And they will fast in those days. And he also told them a parable. No one tears a piece of new cloak to patch an old one. Otherwise, he will tear the new. And the piece from it will not match the old cloak. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and, and the skins will be ruined. Rather, new wine must be poured into fresh wineskins. And no one who has been drinking old wine desires new, because the old is good. Now, many years ago, I was a, I was a seminarian, and uh, I have this priest friend, a good friend of mine, and uh, I visited him at, at his parish one day, and I, I remember he was, you know, he was walking uh, around the garden uh, with his rosary um, in his hand. And, you know, I greet him, he sees me, so, you know, we, we walk around. Uh, the garden was really nice, it was early in the morning. And we were talking, we were laughing, we were telling jokes to each other. And, but there was something I noticed as we were walking around the garden. Uh, he still had his rosary uh, in his hand. And I noticed uh, his fingers were moving through the beads, and of course, you know, all throughout this time, we were, we were chatting, you know, um, but, but his fingers were moving through the beads and they were, they were not moving uh, at a very fast pace. They were, they were moving as if he were still praying, you know, the rosary. So um, finally, you know, we, we, we got to the, the entrance of the, uh, you know, the house and because he's a good friend of mine, I, I, I really don't mind, uh, you know, asking him questions or, or, or teasing him sometimes. So I said, hey, you know, I got, I got a, a question for you. I hope you don't get offended. He says, what? What, what is it? I said, um, were you praying while we were, we were chatting and, 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 and gabbing and, you know, and, and, and telling jokes to each other? He says, what do you mean? I said, well, I mean, I hope you don't mind. He says, I, I, ob I observe pretty much everything. And. And I noticed as, as we were walking and we were talking, your fingers were moving through your rosary beads. And he had uh, a pretty big rosary, so, you know, it's very noticeable. And uh, suddenly 
he blushed and uh, and he says, uh, "What do you think?" I said, oh, "No, come on, tell me. Were you praying while we were while we were talking?" He says, "No, no, I wasn't." So he says, so "Why were your fingers moving through the beads?" He says, "Oh, well, you know, you get used to things. You know, uh, I hold my rosary, and before you know it, you know, my fingers are moving through the beads." So I said, "So you really weren't praying?" He says, "No, no, I wasn't praying." Uh, he says, I, you know, I was just unconsciously moving my fingers through the, the rosary beads, you know. Um, that happens to us from time to time, you know, doesn't it? Uh, we, we do things, we get used to the way we do things. Uh, we forget the reason why we do things. Uh, they become routine. They become part of who we are. They become a habit. And so we just do them, you know? And as we keep doing them, we lose sight of the reason why we do them and why we started doing them in the first place, you know? We, we lose sight of the why of things. You know, it's, it's, it happens to us in prayer too. Um, you know, words become routine. There's, there's two prayers, actually several, but uh, two especially, plus a third one that uh, in seminary, uh, we pray every single day. And that is in the morning, it's the Canticle of Zechariah. And uh, in the evening, it's uh, the Canticle of Mary, uh, the Magnificat. And then at night, of course, you have the Canticle of Simeon. Okay? And every day, you know, as seminarians, as priests, we pray these three prayers. And so they become, you know, they become routine. Uh, a young man who's first entered seminary Probably a couple of weeks, you know, he, he still needs his, his, his breviary, you know, the office of reading, the, the, uh, the, uh, the Christian prayer, in order to follow the community in praying these three prayers. But after a while, uh, you, you start memorizing uh, these three prayers. In fact, uh, there's, there's some, some of us, actually, you know, because we've been praying the breviary uh, for so many years. There are some psalms. There are some prayers that because we pray them every couple of weeks uh, and, you know, there are some psalms that repeat uh, like uh, the miserere of David, you know, have mercy on me, God, and your kindness and your compassion, blot out my offense or wash me more and more from my guilt against me for my sin. That's prayed every Friday at morning prayer. And so, I mean, even with myself, I notice that sometimes I'm not looking at the breviary anymore. You know, I, the, the, the words just flow out of my mouth. Uh, they become uh, routine. They become part of who we are. Um, I had a student many years ago who actually had to... It, seminarians do all sorts of crazy things. And, you know, um, they're innocent crazy. But uh, he was asked to, uh, to take a class, you know, like a class in English at, uh, at some place. And I, I can't remember the context, but... He was asked to recite a poem, okay, in front of, of everybody. Maybe it might be Toastmasters. I, again, I don't remember. This was like ages and ages ago, okay, more than 20 years ago. And uh, so he was asked impromptu to recite a, a poem, you know, in front of, I don't know, dozens of people. And so he was like, oh, my God, I, I can't remember any poems, at least not completely. And then he remembered the Canticle of Mary, 
So he got up there in front of everybody and, you know, and started the, the canticle of Mary. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoice in God, my Savior. And everybody, of course, was just so amazed at this young man uh, for reciting uh, a relatively long piece from memory. People don't remember things anymore, we, you know, um, especially now we, we have our smartphones to remind us about things. And so he was telling me this. He says, Father, they were all amazed and awed at me. He said, well, you're nuts. You know, I mean, you remember that. You do that every day. So, of course, you know, it'd be nice if you had, you know, uh, recited a, you know, a couple lines from Shakespeare, you know, or one of the, the, the poets. But, but hey, you know, that's fine. But that is what happens, isn't it? You know, we, there are certain things. I'm not only talking about prayers here. I'm talking about certain things that, that become routine. Uh, we go through the motions, okay? Not only of our prayers, but of our faith. You know, the practices that we we do, uh, but also of uh, life. We start getting used to things, and we forget the reason why we we do things. You know, the the, the scribes and the Pharisees or the people asked Jesus in the gospel reading. You know, they said. Uh, disciples of John the Baptist, they fast and they offer prayers. Disciples of the Pharisees do too. So why don't your disciples do that? And of course, Jesus says, well, why do they do it in the first place? Okay. There's a reason why they do it. Okay. There's no reason for my disciples to do it, you know. He says, you know, the, the wedding guests won't fast when the bridegroom is with them. There's a certain sense that the people who have been asked, who were asking Jesus... Uh, this question had lost sight of the reason why things are done and why these religious practices are done. Okay? And even the, the parable uh, that Jesus tells them about uh, patching a new piece of cloak, uh, a new piece of cloth onto a, a, you know, an, an old one or pouring new wine into old wineskins, uh, they're meant to kind of call attention of the people questioning him as to, you know, why would anybody do something like that? You wouldn't do something like that. You, know, you got to have a reason why you would do something like that. If you don't have a reason for doing something like that, then you don't do it. Because it isn't good. Okay? Uh, you've been drinking old wine for a long time. You know that the old is good. And that's why you drink the old. So why would you desire the new? Okay? But that's life. You know, we lose sight of the why of things that I've been teaching in seminary for the longest time uh, and uh, it happens to us in seminary you know seminarians when they first enter seminary they're so full of of, of, uh, of joy of, of hope you know, of enthusiasm and, and zest and zeal for what they're doing and then the routine sets in and once the routine sets in they they tend to forget the reason not only why they're doing what they're doing but why they decided that they wanted to begin doing them in the first place, you know? Uh, when, when, whenever a seminary would come to me, either in spiritual direction or, you know, just to consult with me, and I noticed that they were starting to lose fire and zest and zeal, I mean, I would, I would always ask them, say, you know, go, go back to the reason for your entering seminary in the first place, you know, for your wanting to follow the Lord in the first place. Because otherwise, the routine, you know, of seminary life, 
the tedium of seminary life, uh, when it becomes detached from from the, the reason why one chose to follow the Lord on this path in the first place, uh, they tend to get lost, you know, they, they, they find themselves lost uh, until eventually the routine itself, no matter how beautiful the routine might be, no matter how beautiful the prayers might be, no matter how beautiful the liturgy or the mass might be, it, it loses its attraction. It loses its meaning to the young man in seminary. But that is true as well of our ministry as priests. You know, that is true of our ministry as priests. At, at some point, you know, there was a reason many years ago, I remember when, when you know, the new translation of, of the Mass in English came out and uh, we were all fumbling, you know, the Lord be with you and, and, and with your spirit, you know, for the longest time people kept saying, and also with you. And even with us priests, you know, we had come to memorize some of the prayers, okay, uh, that we were not thinking about them anymore. You know, they were just coming out of our mouths and we were going through the motions. And, you know, I remember a friend of mine saying, you know, one time, and this is a priest friend, a good, a good friend of mine, she says, this one time, I remember beginning the Mass, okay, and, and, and saying the prayers. And of course, I was trying to do it prayerfully. But at one point, he says, suddenly, I realized I was already at the Our Father. I was already at the Our Father. So I was saying to myself, I was asking myself, what happened? Did, did, I, did I do the, the, the consecration right? You know, did, did, did I do that right? Did I do it correctly? Um, what happened? I just, it's like I fell asleep, but I wasn't. The fact is, he, he didn't f fall asleep. He was just, he had just gotten so used to the routine, you know, he had gotten so used to the prayers that he would say, that the, that idea of intentionality, you know, meaning what we say, knowing what we're saying, being conscious of what we're saying, uh, savoring the words even of, you know, of consecration. We lose sight of those things. But it's true not only of Mass or the sacraments, okay? It's true of a pastoral life as well, of the things that we do as priests. And we lose sight of the reasons why we serve people in the first place, you know? Why we have all these programs in the first place. You know, why, why, we, why we talk to people in the first place. You know, why we, why, we, why we hear their confession in the first place. Why, why we do baptisms in the first place. You know, why we visit the sick in the first place. Why we care for the poor in the first place. Eventually, eventually, um, things become reduced to routines. And we do the routine on account of function. Well, that's our function as priests. Then, our, then, then our, our life, our ministry, our vocation becomes merely functional. We do things like machines. And why do we do things like machines? Because it's how you've gotten used to doing things. Why do my fingers go through the beads of the rosary even if I weren't praying? Because my fingers have gotten so used to going through the beads whenever I hold my rosary, even if I'm not praying. Mind you, I'm not saying there is no value to holding the rosary, you know. Uh, a good priest friend of mine once said, you know, when I'm really down, 
you know, and, and, and uh, sometimes there's a lot of problems. I, I just hold the rosary because, and I thought it was beautiful. He says, you know, I imagine that when I hold rosary, it, the Blessed Mother is holding my hand. And there's value to that too. I'm saying there isn't. But like, you know, like I said earlier, that wasn't the reason my friend's fingers were going through the rosary beads. It wasn't because he was holding the Blessed Mother's hand or imagining that she was holding his hand. No, he was just, he just got so used to the routine. Okay? But that is true not just of seminary or priestly life or priestly ministry or prayer or faith. It's true of life too. You know, when, when, when a husband and a wife forget the reason why they, you know, they're together in the first place, why they care for one another in the first place, why they care for their kids in the first place, uh, life becomes routine and the things that used to fill their their hearts and their souls with joy the things that they do with each other uh, they become mere functions of the fact that they're married it's true of you know of, of children you know of, of, of young people you know why why does one choose to uh, take up a particular course in college for example Okay, maybe one wants to help people or serve people. But when one loses sight of the reason, the purpose, you know, the aim, you know, uh, things that we become so used to, uh, they lose their meaning. You know, we lose the sight of things. We lose, sorry, we lose sight of the why of things. Hmm? When this happens, yeah, when this happens, when things become completely routine and, and, and they lose their anchoring or their mooring onto, onto the reason, the purpose, and the aim of our life, okay, or our formation or our ministry or our vocation, things become superficial. And we do them simply because we do them. Why are your disciples not fast? The, the, the disciples of the scribes and the Pharisees and the disciples of John the Baptist fast. Why don't your disciples fast? Well, Jesus was saying, why do they fast in the first place? What is the reason for fasting in the first place? Okay, do they fast simply because they fast? Okay, do they do things simply because they do things? Do they do things simply because they've gotten so used to doing things? Why do they fast? And Jesus says, well, the bridegroom is still with them. They, they, don't, they, they don't need to fast. When the bridegroom is no longer there, when there is a reason to fast, when there's a reason you know, to mourn, then they'll do it. Know the reason for the things that you do. When things begin to lose their sense, their meaning, when life loses its, its joy, you know, when vocation, when formation, when, when seminary life begins to, to become so routinary and, and tedious, okay, and, and the boredom of life sets in. Mind you, boredom is part of life, you know. It's part of re realizing that part of life is, is boring, is part of maturing too. <clears throat> but what I'm talking about is the boredom that, you know, that makes life feel like you have ashes in your mouth. No? When that happens to, to us, whether you're a priest or a lay person, a married man or a married woman, a young person in seminary or a young person in school, in college or at work, we need to stop and ask ourselves, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing anyway? You know? Um, otherwise, we begin dwelling on that superficial level. And the more we dwell on that level, the more we forget 
Okay, the reason for our joy. And the reason for our joy, of course, is our purpose in life, in formation, in ministry. Okay. Um, routine is part of life. There's no denying that. What shouldn't be part of life is the forgetfulness of the reason for that routine. Let me repeat that. Routine is part of life. What shouldn't be part of our life is the forgetfulness of the reason for that routine. You know, a mom who wakes up every morning at four to prepare uh, breakfast and, 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 and you know, lunch boxes for, for her kids for school, you know, and prepare stuff for her husband and a dad wakes up to help the mom at that time in the morning before both of them head to work, you know, after they, they bring the kids to school and they do it every single day, every single day for X number of years. And they do it because there is a reason for that. The kids, because they love them, because they love each other, because they love their family, because they're building a family. While that reason is still there, there is fire. And that routine itself okay, becomes a manifestation of their love, a manifestation of the why that they have, which brought them together and which keeps them together. When that why is lost, then it's just routine done over and over and over again until eventually they lose interest in the routine itself. What is the solution? You know, what is the solution when that happens? Because it will happen to everybody. One word, one word. Listening. You know, we gotta listen. And listen to what? Well, listen to ourselves. You know, to those around us, to our environment, to our bodies. When, when things start to become uh, tedious and boring, when they start to drag, we have to listen to that and ask ourselves, why am I doing this in the first place? By listening to ourselves and to what is happening inside us and outside of us, you know, that will allow us to plug ourselves right back into that purpose, that reason we had originally for doing what we're doing. And so ultimately, it is listening to the Lord. You know, because He is the one who has given us our purpose, our reason, you know, for life and for the things that we do. I always tell my spiritual directees, you know, prayer before it is talking is listening. When we pray, we must first listen. You know, it's the the question that Samuel, you know, was made to ask the Lord by Eli, you know, when he sort of thought that the Lord was calling him in his sleep, you know, speak, Lord, I'm, I'm listening. When we pray, let's make it a habit to ask the Lord first, Lord, what are you telling me? What are you telling me? Because that will seep into and become part of our day-to-day -day living. We begin to listen to what is happening to us and to the world around us. And when we ask, what is this thing telling me? What are my feelings telling me? What is my routine telling me? What is my boredom telling me? 
That is a first step in allowing ourselves to reconnect with the why of our life, of our vocation, of our formation, and of our ministry. When we lose sight of the why, things become routine and that begins to rob us of the joy that we originally had when we set out to do what we decided to do in the first place.